Genesis chapter 17, verses 15 through 21. And God said to Abraham, As for Sarai, your wife, you shall not call her name Sarai, but Sarah shall be her name. I will bless her, and moreover, I will give you a son by her. I will bless her, and she shall become nations. Kings of peoples shall come from her. Then Abraham fell on his face and laughed and said to himself, Shall a child be born to a man who is a hundred years old? Shall Sarah, who is ninety years old, bear a child? And Abraham said to God, Oh, that Ishmael might live before you. God said, No, but Sarah, your wife, shall bear you a son, and you shall call his name Isaac. I will establish my covenant with him as an everlasting covenant for his offspring after him. As for Ishmael, I have heard you. Behold, I have blessed him and will make him fruitful and multiply him greatly. He shall father 12 princes and I will make him into a great nation, but I will establish my covenant with Isaac, whom Sarah shall bear to you at this time next year. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. All right, so we're on the latter half of Genesis 17, which we talked about about a little bit yesterday. And we have the specific promise and prophecy of Isaac's birth. And, and, you know, we we got in a little bit yesterday about how Abraham, he he just laughs in disbelief at the promises of God. And God names Isaac after that laughter. (laughs) So, so much redemptive irony here yeah. in early, early Genesis or mid Genesis. Jackson, what are your thoughts on today's passage? I think it's right to point to Isaac's name. You know, he laughs. Abraham laughs. Why, why is laughter such a theme in these verses? Well, it's because we're, we're considering something that in human terms is impossible. Mm. We're, we're talking about something that just doesn't make sense. Um, so God's promises are very good, but what is ultimately being promised is just something that cannot happen. But um, as chapter 18 will say, as the New Testament picks up, is there anything too hard for God? No, nothing is impossible with God. And and so God graciously makes good on his promise and he gives to Abraham, to Sarah, the son of promise mm-hmm. in this ironic way um he redeems them he redeems their shame he makes good on his promise revealing his goodness and all the while uh so so he moves this this uh redemptive story forward one step closer to jesus who who will redeem a people to himself and all the while he has enough goodness enough grace to pour over onto ishmael as well and so he doesn't forget ishmael he doesn't um cast him out and just deal harshly with him. Rather, he also resolves uh, to to bless him as well, mm-hmm. uh, albeit in a very different kind of way. And so uh, we see the power of God on display. We see the, uh, the purpose of redemption on display. Uh, we see ultimately that God is a good God. And uh, I, I think if we're seeking to be encouraged by this, then we can look at our life and realize that there is nothing that is too far mm. beyond the power Amen. and the goodness of God. Amen. 
I love these words from First Corinthians. So kind of flip into the other side of the Bible. First mm-hmm. Corinthians one, the word of the cross is folly to those who are perishing, but to us who are being saved, it is the power of God. For it is written, "I will destroy the wisdom of the wise and the discernment of the discerning. I will thwart." Where is the one who is wise? Where is the scribe? Where is the great debater of this age? Has not God made foolish the wisdom of the mm. world? For since in the wisdom of God, the world did not know God through wisdom, it pleased God through the folly of what we preached to save those who believe. Yeah. For Jews demand signs. Greeks seek wisdom. But we preach Christ crucified, Amen. a stumbling block to Jews and folly to Gentiles, but to those who are called both Jews and Greeks, Christ, the power of God and the wisdom of God. For the foolishness of God is wiser than men and the weakness of God is stronger than men. The reason I couldn't help but read all that is we do not see the character of God change in the Bible. We do not see the way that God works in the Bible. And so from the first promise of a Messiah all the way through the cross and the resurrection of Christ, the the wisdom of God thwarts and, and, and upends the wisdom of men yeah. and the discernment of men. And that's one of the great beauties uh, of scripture. And, and a reason that I straight up just love the Bible is it doesn't play along with our internal narrative. Right. It doesn't advance the way that we think it should advance. Yeah. And sometimes that's a great relief to us. Sometimes it's frustrating for mm-hmm. us. But what we have to come to terms with is God works in his matchless wisdom. Yeah. And we are, you know, fortunate enough to be the beneficiaries of the fact that this God is also loving and kind and gracious and and reaches out to us with an arm of redemption and salvation. Yeah. And not judgment towards those of us who believe. And that's what we see with Abraham here is he is struggling so hard to to hold on to his wisdom and his discernment of how he can have his cake and eat it too and how yeah. this whole situation can play out. But at the end of the day, as as we heard uh, a couple of readings ago, he believed God right. and that was counted to him as righteousness. And so mm-hmm. the Lord was just patient with him. Yeah, amen. Um, I'm curious, your thoughts here, putting you on the spot, but- Ooh. So we've got, you know, so as we, uh, so we have the birth of Isaac promise. And as we anticipate that now it's Sarah's turn to laugh, mm. but, um, it, it seems like God is, uh, less patient with Sarah's laughter as opposed to Abraham's laughter just a few chapters before. Mm. I don't know, I'm curious if you have any thoughts on what's going on there. Yeah, that's <laughs> man, really put me on the spot. Sarah is a really interesting character. So, yeah. I mean, or person. I, I, Right. Yeah, she wasn't a character. She's a real person like us. She's an interesting person. You know, the whole Hagar and Ishmael thing was her idea, which then she quickly became very jealous and, and abusive. And, and so there's a lot of interesting dynamics. And yet, and this is where I'm going to pull this up really quick. Um, we it's really cool that we just finished up um, Hebrews 11, but in Hebrews 11, chapter 11, we see by faith, Sarah herself 
received power to conceive even when she was past mm. the age yeah. since she considered him faithful yeah. who had promised. And so it, it is interesting. Um, we, we see a lot more of Abraham and his interactions with God. And um, Sarah, you get this sense that, you know, she's kind of along for the ride, causing a little trouble along the way. Yeah. And yet we also see she received the power to conceive because she had faith yeah. that God was able to do it. Yeah. And, um, you know, it, if it seems like the Lord is dealing harshly with her, he does rename her here from princess to noble woman. Yeah. So she gets this upgrade. Yeah. Um, and you know, I don't know, I haven't like done a deep study on Sarah. Maybe I should, but we do get this sense of encouragement of, okay, it's much like Abraham, but even when we wrestle with the promises of God, even when, um, you know, they, they seem laughable to us, just the seed of faith that yeah. God is able to do what he says he, he does yeah. it is enough for, for him to work mightily in our lives. So I don't know. If yeah, that was... that, that's perfect. I love it. <laughs> yeah. I think, uh, yeah, there, there's, there's something about trusting in the Lord and your weakness that I think really matters. Right. And, uh, and I think, uh, there's clearly something going on different and, and, you know, we're skipping down to verse eight, chapter 18 where this happens, but um, yeah, there's something different. It seems like about Abraham's laughter versus Sarah, la Sarah's laughter. But I think there's something about the, the, the kind of trust that they have in the Lord mm -hmm. that results in the Lord responding differently. But um, you know, as we're, you know, tracking back here to, to chapter 17, it, it seems like one of those incredible passages where we're seeing God continue to move this whole thing forward. And we see his kindness in continually reaffirming his promises to Abraham and, and, and to Sarah uh, so that they would be encouraged and so that they would not have to continually rely on the strength, uh, like kind of um, stirring up their own faith, mm -hmm. but rather they can rest on the the sure words of God. And so, um, I think we see God's kindness being displayed to them in the fact that he constantly brings them back to his very word. Absolutely. Another great word. We're actually going to take a closer look at Sarah tomorrow in Genesis 18. Oh. So we'll, we'll delve more into it then. But for today, this is Jackson Randall and Will Carlisle. See you tomorrow. Thanks for listening to Our Daily Rhythm. I'm Jason Dees, one of the pastors of Christ's Covenant, and Our Daily Rhythm is a ministry of our church designed to help you more faithfully and effectively meditate on God's Word. If you ever have a question for us about one of our Bible readings or one of your own Bible readings, please don't hesitate to text us at 404-465-1737. Again, that's 404 465 1737 or email me directly at jason at christcovenant.com. We'll meet you again tomorrow for our daily rhythm.